A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can make a change. We need a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. This is an ode to the glass noodle. You may be glass only in name, but our love for you is crystal clear in every Bibigo Korean dumpling. Your tantalizing texture tickles the taste buds, and while you are see-through, the world can't help but see you. The glass noodle, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every plump and juicy Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. On episode 115 of Confessions of a Marketer, tackling Amazon. Hi, it's Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. Kiri Masters is back to dig deeper on tackling Amazon. We will have that in just a moment. Next time, just in time for the holidays, we'll have Danielle Savin of Capgemini in to discuss marketing the holidays. Plus, we'll have another session on optimization, this time with Justin Christensen, Rob Patterson of A. Weber, Nathan Hirsch, Philip Stutz, lots of people all waiting in the wings. Some great interviews yet to come. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. All right, back to Curie Masters. This time we delve into the kind of team you need to assemble to tackle the Amazon marketplace, common mistakes, and her advice on how to approach Amazon. Plus, we discuss the brands that are doing well with Amazon, and we learn about Curie's podcast, The E-Commerce Brain Trust. So let's get to it. So what kind of team does it take for a retailer to launch into Amazon and make an impact on their sales? Yeah, I've seen brands do this a few different ways. One is look outside their company to freelancers, consultants, and agencies to plug gaps in that they know they don't have capabilities for internally. Another is to hire internally. And this can be, you know, I've worked with companies with hundreds of millions in in revenue who still want to outsource everything. And I've worked with companies with less than 10 million in revenue and they need to outsource things as well because they don't have the time as well. So I I don't even think that it comes down to the size of the company necessarily. It's the importance of Amazon as a channel to your company and whether you have that capability or the potential to build that capability within your company. That's sort of the starting point is internal or external. And then from there, I'd break it down into three main roles. One, operations and brand protection. So the inventory forecasting and planning making sure that shipments get into Amazon, auditing fees. This is a lot of operational overhead that you definitely need a lot of uh, technical savviness to handle this. And this is an area where 
it requires quite a bit of education to get up to speed here. But this is the one thing that I think can kill momentum on Amazon, unlike anything else, is that your products are out of stock. Because that means that your product doesn't show in search, difficult for people to find, your ads aren't running, you lose momentum over the time that you're out of stock, and then you need to work doubly hard to actually get back your previous momentum and place an organic search. So that's operations and brand protection. And then the two other areas are marketing. So all the Amazon SEO, essentially content and refreshing that content. And Amazon's putting more and more of a focus on content. Now it's not just about a product image and some bullet points. It's about spin images, video, infographics, live video, deals, There are a lot of pieces to this organic marketing area and that's evolving. And then the final piece is advertising. So typically for most brands, it's going to be pay-per-click performance marketing. That's going to get them really good ROI. And this is quite a technical area that's also changing quite rapidly and probably the one that I see outsourced the most out of those three areas. Is it similar to doing pay-per-click on Google? Yeah, it's similar in principle and in, in a lot of ways. So it's an auction style ad format. You're placing bids. You can put budget caps on campaigns and the most used campaigns are keyword driven. So in a lot of ways, it's similar. You could probably take a lot of the best practices from Google, but it is its own platform. It does work in different ways. Like sales attribution on Amazon is quite specific think about your own behavior as a consumer as well. You might see an ad for something, click through, have a look, compare it with some other products, add it to your cart, and then only check out three days later, for example. And so the right, attribution right. window is needs to be a bit longer, for example. And it's relatively speaking, a less mature platform than Google. Google advertising has been around for 10 years longer than Amazon. So they've had a lot more time to develop their tools and targeting capabilities and things like that. So we actually only just saw a retargeting feature rolled out on a display kind of ad type last week on Amazon. If you're really familiar with the Google suite, you might jump into Amazon and think, oh, this is so simple, it's easy. And I've spoken (laughs) with a lot of agencies who've been... Google advertising experts for a long time and believe that just because Amazon is, you know, has less features on the surface, it's just going to be uh, simple for them to jump in the driver's seat. But there is quite a bit more to it. Yeah. So say I was uh, a potential client and I was going to start selling American-made sunglasses or something like that on Amazon. What advice would you give me? And how would you hold my hand as we uh, dove into Amazon as a retailer? Yeah. Gosh, where do I start? (laughs) (laughs) It's a big topic. It's a big topic. Well, I think to go back to the question you asked before about how do you staff this? And like I said, I think there's two decisions to make right off the bat, which is internal or external. And in some cases, like I said, you can be a, a large established company and want to bring your Amazon channel completely in-house, or you could want to outsource various pieces of it. And so for that reason, actually, that's why I've 
been running bobsled for the last five years. But a few months ago, I started to really think about this feedback from brands, which is that they wanted to bring their Amazon function in-house. And this was both large and small brands. And um, the trouble with Amazon and in doing that inherently is that Amazon doesn't have the most consistent or responsive customer (laughs) service when you're a brand. (laughs) Let's just put it right. that way. And people or a get, customer. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. As as a brand, you often feel like Amazon's really interested in the end shopper relationship and that brands are kind of disposable in a sense. There's not a whole lot of investment put in those relationships. So I kept hearing from brands they they wanted to do this in-house, but they needed someone to hold their hand and make sure that they were using best practices and someone to call if there was an issue and an Amazon helpline, essentially. And so that is what I've been working on for the last six months is just building out this Amazon helpline and a place for brands to actually go to learn about best practices, learn from other brands, learn from experts like we have at Bobsled, but not necessarily have to outsource the execution to a third party. That place is called the Marketplace Institute, and we actually just launched that this week. And that's probably the first place that I would start talking with a brand is, hey, what folks do you have on the team right now that you would ultimately want to handle the advertising, the content marketing, the operations, or that they would conceivably build out in the future versus what are the gaps that they need to fill right now while they're getting up to that level where it might make sense to bring a consultant or agency in just to handle that and establish the foundation of the ad campaigns, for example. So I would really start there with the goal of how they're going to ultimately resource this channel. Yeah. What brands, mature brands that have been on there for a while, what brands are doing well with Amazon, do you think? Hmm. Because Amazon's become so popular with everyone (laughs) and 50% of all e-commerce running through there, it's become a real destination for, it's always been a place for resellers and some operating at a huge level like pharma packs which is like a cpg reseller that's been around forever and they're enormous they're couldn't even tell you what their volume is right through to people sort of making a bit of money on the side by going into a costco and finding stuff on clearance and reselling it on amazon there's a big spectrum of resellers. That used to be eBay's game, right? So, and Amazon is definitely stepping on their toes now with that. Oh yeah. I I think it's no contest. I can't tell you the last time I shopped on eBay. It was probably back in Australia where eBay is still more popular than (laughs) Amazon. Right. Uh, Yes. Anyway, so so the landscape has moved quite quickly from uh, retailers and resellers really selling the bulk of volume on Amazon through to brands who want to sell, quote unquote, direct to consumers through Amazon. And increasingly those brands, if you're the, the sunglass manufacturer, maybe in the past you had a couple of distributors and maybe some relationships with a store network and they might be selling your products in stores. And then as people started to shop more on Amazon, a lot of those stores and distributors would turn around and sell that inventory on Amazon as well to supplement their 
store revenue. And for a while, I guess that wasn't so much of a problem, but soon brands started to realize, hey, we could get better margins by selling direct to shoppers on Amazon instead of selling, you know, 50% capstone rates to these distributors, we could sell to customers directly on Amazon and Amazon only takes 15% of that sale rather than 50%. And then they also may have discovered that some of these resellers and retailers might have not been displaying those products really effectively or on brand. Maybe they're using old images. Maybe they're not really explaining the product correctly. And so there's lost opportunity there as well. And so for those two reasons, Brands are increasingly wanting to go direct on Amazon and sell as the the brand to shoppers and get as much of that margin as possible, maintain the control over the brand and make that a consistent experience for shoppers as well. Yeah. I think one mark of Amazon's omnipresence in everyone's lives is their vans, which are everywhere. Mm. Here in America, I mean, I see them more than UPS trucks these days. Yeah. The interesting thing there is that they experienced some disappointing events with FedEx and, and UPS in previous years, particularly around Christmas time, which is essential yeah. to Amazon. And I believe that part of the reason why they've been investing in their own infrastructure there is to avoid having to rely on third parties like FedEx and UPS who dropped the ball a couple of times. Yeah. So before we close out, you told me you have a podcast. Can you go into what the podcast covers and where people can find it? Sure. It's called um, The E-Commerce Brain Trust, and you can find it on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcast. And typically, I'm interviewing both e-commerce directors and CMOs, as well as experts in the e-commerce industry and generally talking about Amazon and marketplaces, but we do veer into general e-commerce topics as well. So it's called e-commerce brain trust. Well, that's great. And Kiri, I really appreciate you joining me on Confessions of a Marketer. We'll tune into your podcast and best of luck. Thank you so much, Mark. Same to you. All right, next up, just in time for the holidays, we'll have Danielle Savin of Capgemini in to discuss marketing the holidays. So stay with us. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Podco Media Networks, and this episode is copyright 2019. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time. You stay home for the greater good. Secondhand smoke doesn't. It drifts through cracks in walls, air vents, and sink drains, spreading toxic chemicals that can damage lungs. Secondhand vape also puts your lungs at risk, even with the fruity smells. Protect yourself and the people around you from these secondhand dangers. Learn how at tobaccofreeca.com.